0: Yeah, Friday, you have reached episode forty six of the Ranting Weight Watcher. I am your host, Donato Russo. I hope you enjoy the show today. If this is your first time here and you enjoy the show, please like, share, comment, and subscribe. If the podcast app you're listening on allows you to rate this show, please leave a four star or five star rating Any rating is greatly appreciated. Man, oh man. Thank God it's Friday. We have another packed show waiting for you today. So let's not waste any time and let's get into this. Journey updates. Okay, guys, uh, another bad week. Had a two pound gain this week. So, so far for the month, for the first weigh-in in in, in the month of July, we're up two pounds. We are down total since January 2019, 130.4 pounds. The distance to get to our small goal, which is to reach 253 pounds, is 12.2 pounds away. The next WW milestone, which is the minus 150 pound milestone, is now 19.6 pounds away. And our goal to lose 200 pounds and reevaluate from there is now 69.6 pounds away. So not a great week. And they can't all be good, you know, in reality and probably the most important thing in some of these times of gains is knowing when to stay consistent and knowing when to make changes. So today we're going to talk a little bit about the mind games that happen when you are when you've decided you are on a weight loss journey and this is it, you're determined, you're ready to go, you want to get healthy and live a healthy lifestyle, there's a certain amount of mind games That happen at some point, maybe not in the beginning, you know, and for everybody, it's different when they come up, but they all come up. We're not, I'm not alone in what I'm about to express to you today. There are plenty of people that have have had this thought about in some ways about something. So what, what leads me to want to talk about this today? So I got a story. I have a wonderful listener who ne- never gave me permission to say her name so I'm not going I'm going to leave her name out of this but she sent me she heard the episode a few weeks back that I am unable to get 647 bread here in Florida maybe I don't know if in Florida in general but just or South Florida but I'm currently in South Florida in Broward County area and there isn't a a supermarket anywhere that sells 647 bread here. So she heard me say that on one of the shows, I want to say two, three weeks ago, whatever it was. And she sent an email to the show asking if I would like her to send 647 bread to me so I could try it. And I said, sure, thank you so much, you know. And she not only did she send me 647 bread. She sent me one of each kind that they make of the loaves of bread. She sent me a package of hot dog buns, a package of hamburger buns, and a package of the English muffin that 647, the company, makes. So all of these 647 breads are very point-friendly in the Weight Watchers community, and so they are very popular because of it. Now, I had my reservations about trying this bread for the first time. And I have to tell you, I was completely wrong. The bread is delicious. <laughs> there is nothing... If you didn't see that this was... If you didn't see the wrapper and these this bread was just stacked in front of you somewhere, you would make yourself a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. It would be like you were eating Wonder Bread. I mean, that's that's just... That's how soft it is. That's the consistency. If I had to think of a single slice of bread when I was growing up tasting, it would be Wonder Bread. And I've only tried the wheat bread so far. We will we will go through the multigrain and the white and the Italian as well each week. And I tried over the weekend because it was the 4th of July holiday. I did try both the hot dog and the hamburger buns. And they were both awesome Perf- the perfect compliment, When you're trying to do the right thing, it is. I mean, there's so many buns out there that are supposed to be point friendly on a Weight Watchers system, and none of them taste good. None of them taste. I mean, to me, they don't. And the more importantly, forget about the what they taste like. They are weak. Okay. Okay. So when I when I make a hot dog, I'm the kind of guy that either I'm in the mood. Just for a bead of brown mustard only, or I want every topping on the planet on the hot dog onions, uh, relish, mustard, ketchup, mayo, chili, everything literally everything. So I'm either in one of those two moods where brown mustard only, or every topping you could possibly think of. Okay. That 6-4-7 bread was one of the only point-friendly breads or buns, I should say, that would handle. I didn't have a fully loaded hot dog this weekend for the 4th of July. I had just the brown mustard. That's what I was in the mood for. But there is no reason to believe that that hot dog bun would have done any worse I mean, it was a strong bun. It was just like eating a potato roll. I mean, it didn't taste like a potato roll. Don't get me wrong. But the consistency, if I had to give you an idea of what it felt like chewing it and all that stuff, it would be the same consistency easily of a potato roll without any of the calories or anything else that you could possibly think of. So this six, four, seven bread stuff was definitely worth. If I could could buy it here in Florida, I would and for sure that would not be an issue. And at some I had another one of my listeners suggest to me that I can go to any any grocery store that I of my choosing and ask the courtesy counter to stock this this A product whatever the product is and eventually they would stock it. And she said that her father had done it many times, I should try it. And that is going to be the next thing I try is at some point I will go to the courtesy counter at all three of the major chain supermarkets that are in this area and see if one of them could do it for me and go from there. But anyway, back to my story. So I'm eating the 647 bread. Now, my typical sandwich that I eat every day, seven days a week for lunch, is Arnold bread. With this, it's called Boar's Head Ichiban Teriyaki uh, Chicken Breast. This this deli meat is the only deli meat I know of that's zero points. All deli meats I know of that have they have point values. This is now I'm I'm specifically talking of deli meats where you go to a deli counter and you say I want a pound of this and they slice it for you right then and there. I'm not talking about the prepackaged stuff that all of the people on Weight Watchers buy because of the point values. I'm talking about I can walk up to any deli counter, say I want the boar's head, Ichiban, teriyaki, chicken breast, one pound. They're going to slice it right then and there. And it's delicious. It's absolutely delicious. And it's zero points. So that's what I eat every day on Arnold bread. Now, the Arnold bread is Three points per slice. So we're talking about six points. I put guacamole on it and I buy those little serving size ones that have a pre-measured amount of guacamole. That's three points. So my entire sandwich is nine points. I have accepted this. I have the points to eat this sandwich. I have never had a problem with it. But as I... I'm always thinking ahead. Okay? Okay. And so when I see that I drop another point, as I lose more weight, I drop another point, I lose more weight. I start to make moves in advance because I know at some point, everything I eat, which is okay now to eat because I, I am the kind of person that uses all of my points every day. I get 35 points a day and I eat. If I leave it, we're talking about we're leaving like two or three points. Okay. At the most, and that's not every day. Mo- majority of the time, I'm eating the entire amount of points. So we come to the delivery. I get the delivery of the bread. The bread looks delicious. Okay, we're coming to the day. The first day now. So six four seven wheat bread is one point per slice, and I believe all of the no matter regardless of the flavor of bread, the six four seven wheat white. Italian and multigrain, all of them are one point per slice. Okay. Bringing my sandwich from nine points to five points because it's a four point savings because my bread is six and this bread is two. So there's a four point savings on the sandwich. We also changed from the Thomas's high fiber English muffin every morning for first breakfast to the 647 English muffin, which is a one-point saving. So we're talking about a five-point savings basically throughout the day. So I went from having one or two points available to having eight or nine points available, depending on the day of the week, eight, nine, or ten points available at the end of the day after dinner. And an old demon sparked up in my head. Because back in the day when I first started, I started with 54 points per day to eat. So what happened was, I would see the fact that I had 8 or 9 or 10 points at the end of the day. And suddenly, I would crave food. Just because, I swear, every day of the week, I eat dinner and I don't think about food again for the rest of the night. Every day. Every day. You can you can make the exception for Saturday night, but when dinner comes, I eat my dinner six the other six days of the week. I eat my dinner, and that's it. I'm done eating for the night, 7 o'clock, whatever it is that I'm finished. And I have been doing that for months and months now. at this point i'm I'm over two years into this journey and i stopped battling with eating after dinner probably about 6 months in all because i credit my my success in not in avoiding that evening snack i credit that success to adding high amount making sure that my dinner has a high amount of protein more protein than anything else in the plate okay i had read somewhere that If you want to cut out cravings after dinner, you beef up your dinner with high amounts of lean protein and your body would be working so hard to digest the lean protein that you would not crave anything. See, like when you eat stuff that is just converts to sugar. So let's say you eat pasta. Pasta becomes sugar eventually. Within a couple hours, you're hungry again. And that's just, I mean, it's a pretty much a known fact. It doesn't stay in your system long. But when you eat stuff that's like a protein and your body takes time to break it down, it is more satisfactory for a longer period of time, which is why, I mean, the first time I tried this, we got to 10 o'clock and I wasn't craving anything. I eat large amounts of protein at dinner and usually it's zero point proteins that I choose. Sometimes I choose, you know, like a red meat that has protein, whatever. I mean, that has uh, point values. But majority of the time, it's the zero-point proteins. Fish, chicken, because I'm on blue. Okay? But going into this and having no less than two or three points a night after dinner, and then suddenly having nine, eight, nine, and ten points a night, depending on the night of the week, and then all of a sudden this old craving coming back, just because I see the number on the screen on the app. And that's why, that's why I'm telling you this. That's why this show is what this show is about today. Because I know I wasn't hungry. I just saw that the point values were there. Then all of a sudden I want popcorn. And I know the whole bag of popcorn that I have is five points. The microwave popcorn that we currently have in the house. If I pop the whole bag and I eat the entire bag, we're talking about five points. And somebody would say, well, you got eight points. What's the big deal? But there, there's something to it. Having the points to eat something is fine if you eat it. But the time of day you eat it matters. And I'm convinced of this. I have, I have eaten the same things and shifted them around in the day. And it has caused either weight loss or not weight loss, depending on when I went. Because if you're eating ice cream in the morning and you got the whole day ahead of you, it's not going to matter as much as if you eat ice cream and then immediately go to sleep. It's, I'm telling you, anybody with half a brain would say this to you. It's not going to be as detrimental on your body because you still have the whole day ahead of you. It's the same idea. We are after dinner, we're talking about 8 o'clock at night, and I'm craving a bag of popcorn, which I have the points for, but do I necessarily, should I say yes at this time of night? Sometimes... These are the moments where it's more valuable to say no, even though you have the points. Because there is logic involved here. The popcorn is going to produce salt. Salt is going to be in your body late at night. You know, it's a carb just the same in anything else. And maybe it cause you more cravings. Maybe you'll have the popcorn and then want something sweet because you're eating something salty. Because if it's butter flavor or whatever... Maybe you're going to want something sweet. So it leads to the craving of something sweet also. I don't know. It doesn't really do that to me all the time. but Because I choose that one that's kind of sweet and salty. The kettle corn is the one I like. But these mind games came back into my life simply with the introduction of of a new kind of bread that suddenly gave me a whole lot more points. So in retrospect... The six four seven bread is delicious. When I lose more points, I will make it a point to switch to or try to get my grocery store, my local grocery store, to stock it. And when I have the when I have less points to go after it, or something like it, either way, because right now I have too many points, and it's because it's a mind game. This is not the same for anybody else. This is me. And this is how I'm dealing with the, the things that are going through my mind as I'm doing my journey. Now, we're going to take a break. When we come back, a little more about the different mind games that go on as we're on this journey. Don't go anywhere.
1: Greetings, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for listening to The Ranting Weight Watcher. If you would like to connect on social media, we would love to connect with you. On the Weight Watchers Connect app, search for renting Weight Watcher. All of our other social media links can be found at www.therentingweightwatcher.com. You can also email the show, say hello, or share your story with us. Send your emails to therantingweightwatcher at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you. Are you interested in Ranting Weight Watcher merchandise? The Ranting Weight Watcher merchandise store is officially open for business. Head over to www.therandingweightwatcher.com, scroll down past the welcome section to find the link to the merchandise store. Thank you so much for your support of the show. If this is your first time here, and you enjoy the show, please like, share, comment, and subscribe. We are proud to announce that The Randing Weight Watcher has been rated number 6 in Feedspot.com's Top 10 Weight Watchers podcasts. Click the link in the show's description if you wish to see the full list. If the podcast app you are listening with allows you to rate the show, please leave a four star or five star rating, whatever is in your heart to leave. Any rating is greatly appreciated. And now, without further delay, here is the star of the show, Donato Russo.
0: And we are back. Thanks for sticking with me. So we were going over a story I had with the 647 bread and so I just wanted to go and touch a little bit more on some of the other mind games that go have affected me in my journey countless times. I I don't I'm not even sure I have a complete handle on them now to this day, but I can tell you I am more controlled with them and they don't affect me as much as they did say first, second or third month into the journey. Okay? One of the first one I want to talk about is blaming one meal for a gain at the end of the week. This has happened to me so many times, especially in the beginning when I when I, I say this is like my baby phase. I, I had been on Weight Watchers so many times in my life. Okay, I go back as far as everything being in a booklet and checking off boxes, or I go through the the, the slider that told you how many points something was uh, or, or how many, um, yeah, I guess it was points at that time too for the slider, the point slider. I had point calculators, point sliders. Um, I had a little booklet where you checked off how many glasses of milk and how many breads and how many vegetables. and <laughs> I mean, I had them all. And then I had the other journal, like more journaling type things where you had to actually write what you you ate, which I didn't like. I hated all of those things. Those are the, I mean, in the younger years, those were the times where I did the least amount of tracking. But I'm off topic, so let me get back on here. Blaming one meal for a gain. You go out with friends. You have a good time you eat a lot of things you didn't necessarily plan on eating. You made some poor choices. We'll say it like that. Because there's really no cheating in Weight Watchers because what they ask you to do is track it, weigh and measure it, and move. And now they ask you to sleep too. So if you did all four of those things, you're not cheating. You just simply made a poor choice of food. As long as you do the four things they ask you to do, it doesn't matter. But people don't understand a lot. There's so many people out there that don't grasp this one fundamental thing that Weight Watchers says to do. Track, weigh and measure, move, and sleep. That's what they ask you to do. If you're doing all four of those things, eating a blooming onion doesn't mean you're cheating if it's on that tracker when you're done with it, or even before you put it in your mouth, if it's on that tracker, and you ate it, you didn't cheat. Grasp this, and success is in your near future. Because the guilt and shame that come from poor choices, they can't harm you when you've tracked, weighed and measured, Move and sleep in this system. You've done everything Weight Watchers has asked you to do. You have not cheated. You simply made a poor food choice. And there's no way all of us are never going to make a poor food choice ever again. Because life just simply doesn't dictate that. Sometimes you're in a situation where all you have are poor food choices. Sometimes you're in a situation where you actually want to make a poor food choice. Let's be real here. It doesn't have to be a have to all the time. Sometimes you want it. You know what? Sometimes I want a Big Mac. I haven't wanted one in years. But sometimes I want one. Sometimes you want a Double Whopper. Simple as that. These things are enjoyable. Let, let's, let's be honest. There's, these, there's a reason why these companies are juggernauts in our society, it's because people enjoy it. So, as long as you're doing those four things, there's nothing, there's no cheating. Again, I went off topic. Back to the topic. You go out with the friends, you have a good time, you made some poor choices. At the end of the week, you step on the scale, you have a gain. Now, that whole week is blown because of the one meal in your mind. That's what I'm talking about. Blaming one meal for the gain at the end of the week. Here's another one that's affected me on my journey. Weight fluctuations. Your weight fluctuates upward and downward As you go through this journey. But every time it goes upward, there's two different ways to look at it. Either you're looking at it as a failure, or you're like me and you're looking at it as something to monitor. It is very difficult to get to the way to look at it the way I look at it. Very difficult and it takes extreme mental discipline to see it, how I'm trying to introduce it. And I'll go over it a little more in the next segment. But I want to get to the next one because I'm already here too long in this this area. The idea that you've done enough. So this, this specifically applies to exercise. Now, when you're in those times where you're determined and you're motivated, this doesn't come up as much in those moments. It is when... You are unmotivated. It is when you're not determined anymore. You're just kind of on cruise control and you don't feel like it. And maybe the circumstances are just screaming at you, no, take a rest day. But these are the moments where you had that battle going on. So you 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 try to win the battle by going out anyway. You go out for your walk, even though you don't feel like it. Okay? And then you get to the point where you say, okay, I walked enough. I can go home now. And now I'm going to get into that a little more. I want to take a break. So we're going to take a break right now. And we're gonna when we come back from the break, I want to get into what we can do to battle, especially these, these three mind games that I brought up in this segment. So don't go anywhere. Stay with me after the break. Nothing can stand in my way because I am an unstoppable force. My challenges crumble in my presence because I am so strong. My insecurities no longer have power over my life because I I am so confident. My mistakes are my choices and I am okay with this because I am so intelligent. The mirror and scale can no longer haunt me because I am so beautiful. I can face any circumstance with unwavering support because I am so loved. The demons of my past can no longer haunt me because I now love myself. All things are possible as long as I believe because God is on my side. I will achieve all of the goals, not if, but when, because I have no boundaries. I am the champion of my story because I do whatever it takes to win. No one can take what I've done away from me because I am the author and the hero of my story. I'm coming, victory is mine. because I am enough. Once again, we are back. So we went over a bunch of mind games that we go through, that I at least have gone through, and I'm sure I'm not alone. Throughout the entirety of my two-year journey thus far, I have gone through these mind games countless times, countless times. Now, the first thing I want to talk about is, I want to go about over in in this segment is How do we battle the mind games that I have presented in this show so far today? So, we're going to talk about walking, exercising right now. And I had introduced the scenario. You're no longer motivated. You're no longer determined. You kind of got the attitude where I don't feel like doing this today, but you got out. You got your feet on the, the pavement and you started walking anyway. Now, what what I have always done when I feel like this is, okay, just put your shoes on and and then see how you feel, right? So I get to the, I'm working, okay? And it's lunchtime or it's, you know, there's about an hour left of the day of work. And I say, oh, I really don't feel like walking today because I go for my walk right at four. As soon as I punch out, because I work from home at the moment, as soon as I punch out, I put my sneakers on and go out the door. So usually somewhere between lunch and like the final hour of the day, I start to go through this mental thing. I don't really feel like walking today. I can't go. I don't want to go. I want a rest day, all this stuff, right? So you have to go through this mental configuration. Do I really, really need a rest day? Am I in pain? Is the pain unbearable? Like to the point where I can't function, and if, if so, fine, take the rest day. If not, is it something that is in my head? Maybe the pain is not as really bad as it is. Maybe walking would make the pain feel better. You know, sometimes that happens. Sometimes when you're standing still and doing nothing, the pain in your joints, the pain in your back, whatever, is worse because you're just doing nothing. And then when you start to do something, you start to move and the joints start to, um, like Leslie Sansone says, juicing the joints when she's warming up, you're getting you warmed up for her workout. When she's juicing the joints is when she's you're you're moving slowly, you're not moving fast, and you're just getting everything moving, the blood's flowing, and and maybe that's what you need the most when it comes to the aches and pains you're having, rather than rather than sitting and having a rest day. But how do we make it even worse? When you go out for your walk, is your walk just a big lap? Is it a big circle where you see the same things over and over and over again? Because I would argue that if you're in this mental state, if you're in this mental state where you don't feel like doing it, you're not determined, you're not motivated, you're not you're not feeling it. You just don't feel like it. You're in little cruise control maybe, you know? And maybe you just don't you're not into it today. It's fine to feel all of these things. It's even fine to once in a while sit and do nothing instead of doing it. But don't make it a habit. It's a slippery slope. Because at some point, it's going to win more often than it doesn't taking a rest day and doing nothing. So what makes it worse? If you're walking in a circle and you say, well, as long as I do one lap, as long as I do two laps, as long as I do three laps, I would argue when you're in this mental state that it is the worst thing to have is a lap scenario. Because what would cause you to push yourself in this situation I would say that it's almost more beneficial to draw out to map it out in your head. You know, like you know your neighborhood better than I know your neighborhood, but for me, if I let, I did this once or twice before just to get an idea. We have a main drag which is a little bit we're talking about like three lanes on each side and and the and like one turning lane in the center. So we're talking about a six lane main road type style thing here, here, right? So, and it goes east, west, whatever, and it goes for quite some distance. So one day I said to myself, I wonder what it looks like or how far I go down the street if I just walk out to that main road and then just walk a straight line, walk until the Fitbit app says I traveled two miles, then turn around and walk home. How far do I go down this street? Number one, it was a lot further than I thought it was. Two miles in a straight shot is a lot further away than I thought it would be. I had estimates in my head of how far it would be and I was okay to go with. (laughs) As I was going, I kept pushing my and I said, okay, no, this is the experiment. This is what I said I was going to do today. And I kept going further and further and further away from my house. And I kept looking at the, at the Fitbit app. Did I travel? I must have traveled two miles by now. Nope, not yet. Keep going. And I kept going because this was all part of the experiment. Finally, I hit the two mile mark and I turn around and start to come home. So at this point, when you're in this position and you walked a straight line away from your home, now you're two miles away. You have no choice but to walk back. So it's almost like a mental challenge to say, okay, we're not doing laps today because a lot of people like to find that comfort zone. Well, if I walk around this lake three times, it's a mile. And it's fine if you want to do that. But in this mental state where you don't feel like doing something, it's only that much more inevitable when, you know, it, it... You're always, oh, okay, I did it it twice, fine, I'm done for the day. I'm just not feeling it today. It's so much easier to say, I went around in a circle twice, I'm done for the day, at least I did something, I feel good about that. Where if you would just put yourself in a position like, okay, I'm just going to walk one mile and then I'll turn around and come back. This way I know I'm guaranteed two miles today. I'm just going to walk a mile and a half. This way, when I turn around and walk back, I'm guaranteed a three-mile walk today. But you're, you have no choice. You're putting yourself in the uncomfortable position because you're walking in a straight shot away from your home or away from your car, whatever the scenario is. A straight shot, no loops. This is very difficult to, you know, this is one of the things we battle greatly. When it comes to not being motivated. Especially, I almost envy the people with dogs. Because it's at this moment... So, a dog's mentality is a pack mentality. They're part of a group of dogs. This is what they know. This is their instinct. I am part of a family of dogs. And we walk together every day. In search of whatever the case may be. Food, shelter, water. They migrate. So... Walking with your dog, people, it it, it makes me crazy when I see this happening because this is a moment to bond with an animal in a way that no one ever, ever, there's not many that grasp this. Because your dog is thinking, okay, we get to migrate. This is the primitive behavior of the, we're talking about the mother wolf here. We're talking about Wild dogs, this is their primitive behavior, and all dogs born today, no matter how many generations they are domesticated, they all have this primitive nature of migrating, okay? So you have this moment to bond with your dog as pack leader, as being, we're going to migrate now, and we're going to have this moment together where we, this is a challenge for us, we're going to walk, And instead, you're talking on the phone. Instead, you're looking at news headlines. Or you're you're doing everything but paying attention to the dog in any way, shape, or form. Because somewhere along the line, we have gone from the walk is just so the dog could go to the bathroom. But in reality, the dog needs the exercise just as much as you do. Needs the the mental challenge, the physical challenge just as much as you do. And it's a primitive connection between you and the animal you claim to love. And if you would put the cell phone down, take the earphones off, and just be one with the dog in that moment, where you're seeing it as a challenge and the dog is seeing it as a challenge, and you're going in a way where the dog's never gone before, you've never gone before, you're just going out, you're doing what you need to do, and you're coming back. And you're paying attention to the dog's behavior too. It's not just about, you know, letting the dog get there and do its business. You're challenging the dog. You're challenging yourself. Maybe you're running for a few seconds and then you're slowing down and walking again. And then maybe you're, you know, whatever it is. Skipping, jumping, whatever it is. You're challenging yourself and the dog in certain ways. And the bond that between you and because you're the one holding the leash you and your animal will, will have a, a whole new connection if you grasp what I'm saying here because that's their their primitive nature is to migrate in search of a good place to have children or a good place to hunt, a good place to, whatever the case may be. A good place to sit in the shade and relax. This is what dogs do. This is their nature. They migrate for a purpose. They're not just walking out for five minutes with it to go to the bathroom. And I, I almost envy you because I don't have a dog and I'd like a dog, but it's just not in the cards for me. Maybe someday in the future, who knows? But at the moment, it's not in the cards for me. But this bond that you can have with an animal, just understanding what their instincts are, instincts, that they, th- this, this walk may not just be a walk to them if you would put your cell phone down and pay attention. Now, to battle weight fluctuations, I created this rule for myself. I'm not saying you have to do it. I'm saying it's an idea to give yourself. It was how I, I, would, I did it with the goal of creating consistency. And I've said it before. I make no changes in what I'm doing unless I see three gains in a row. This week in particular is my second consecutive gain. I gained one pound last week. I gained two pounds this week. So that's a three pound gain. I still made no changes. Everything stays status quo. Because a weight fluctuation could last two weeks. And I've proven it time and time again to myself. The amount of discipline it takes to watch the scale go up twice and fight the urge to make a change. I'm telling you, it's real. It's real. And I was sitting there thinking, playing in my mind, look, look, the only thing that has changed, this is the stupid stupid thoughts going through my head. The only thing that has changed is the 647 bread. And I was I was ready to blame the 647 bread for causing the gain. Because that's two gains in a row, and I changed nothing. But it's stupid. It's stupidity. This is a look, a, w- a, look, second week, we're still status quo. We're staying the course. We're not making any changes because like if a stockbroker sold a stock every time the thing dipped, he would make no money. And nor would he, his clients care, care to stay with him either. Because things trend upward and downward in the stock market all of the time. So if you look at your weight fluctuations like it's the stock market, Things trend upward and trend downward over time. So that's why I say, if you have two gains in a row, stay the course. Wait it out. See if it goes another week, another gain. Listen, if you're doing this for the rest of your life and you decided that anyway because you said to your whole family, I'm going to live a healthy lifestyle and I'm going to lose weight. You're doing this for the rest of your life. What do you got? 30, 40, 50 years left? Come on. What does it matter if one week you have a gain? If you have 30, 40, 50 years left on this earth, what does one gain matter? There's 52 weigh-ins in a year. What's one gain in the the broad scheme? Take a 40,000-foot view. Get in an airplane and look down on your journey. You have 52 weigh-ins in a year. What's one gain? What's two gains in, in regards to 52 of them? And you're talking about 30 years worth. If you're going to be here, if you think you're going to be here another 30 years on this planet, another 20, 30, 40, 50 years, what good is it? What good is the idea that you need to make the change? Wait it out. You might just surprise yourself that the consistency is more achievable than the, making, the, the, the changes you're going to make are, are achievable. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'll say it again. The consistency you ch- achieve in watching the scale go up three times before you make it, a change, the level of consistency will be far easier to follow for a longer period of time in your weight loss journey than every time a weight fluctuates, you make a change. Oh, it went up, it went up. I'm going to try intermittent fasting. Oh, it went up, it went up. I'm going to try keto. The Weight Watchers is obviously not working for me. Bullshit. Stay the course. Stay the course for once in your life. Learn what it takes to be disciplined and make educated choices. If you see that scale go up three weeks in a row, now, be ticket, I swear to God, if you're not tracking at minimum, and you're not weighing and measuring, and you're going to sit there and be three gains in there, and you haven't done those things, listen, you better be at least doing that before you come at me and tell me Weight Watchers doesn't work. Tracking, weighing, and measuring, you better be doing that at minimum before you come at me and say it doesn't work for you. I mean, people are using that term so loosely It's ridiculous. Oh, it just didn't work for me. No, you just didn't do it. Because I would argue that this system will work for anybody. As long as you put it in. Put the work in, do it right. And learn consistency for the first time in your life. Now, in, in the case of blaming the one meal, you went out with friends and you come to the end of the week and you have that gain. Oh my God, that was all because of that night. I know it. It's all because of that night. If I could have that night back, I wouldn't go. Bullshit. It's bullshit. You can't stop your life. Number one, you cannot stop your life. But here's, here's how you can do things differently. Number one, If we're leading up to weigh-in, look, my rule of thumb is if I'm going to go out to eat, it's going to be right after weigh-in. And again, track, weigh, measure, whatever. You want to make bad choices, fine. It's fine. Track, weigh, measure. And do what's required of you. Because this is how you learn how to have light, how to be part of light, how to live in a healthy lifestyle. No one's going to be perfect 100% of the time. It's bullshit. You're going to have moments where your friends want to go out and they want to, and they want to go to some restaurant. And you can't be avoiding situations like that the rest of your life because you decided to live a healthy lifestyle. It's not sustainable. Not sustainable. Listen, in the broad scheme of things, right now, okay, Monday through Friday, I eat five meals a day. Saturday, Sunday, three meals. So we're talking twenty or 31 meals in a week, okay? 31 meals a week. One meal, I go out and make a, a bunch of poor choices. And I have a one-pound gain at the end of the week or a two-pound gain at the end of the week. Out of 31 meals, 30 30 of them went perfectly. Are you telling me that one meal can do the job? No, it's time to start realizing that the body weight fluctuates. And is this just simply an uptrend? If so, status quo, everything stays the same. We ignore the fact that we went out and we keep going. Full steam ahead to the next weigh-in. And there may be another night night where you go out. And look, in reality, if you're making choices to go out the night before weigh-in, maybe that's what your problem is. Because there's going to be a strategy. There has to be, if this is part of your lifestyle where you're going to go out and eat with your friends, that's fine. Don't do it the night before you got to weigh in. You have to be semi-structured here. You have to say, listen, no, I don't go out to eat. Whatever your, night, your weigh-in day is, for me, it's Saturday. There is nobody on the planet that's going to ask me to go out eat on a Friday. And no, they're not going to get an evil eye from me, from even, like, I'm not going to raise the one eyebrow and say, who are you asking this? You know what I do tomorrow morning. Who are you asking to go out? Now, if it's like a, a bachelor party or something like that, like where it's an event, and it's on a Friday night. Obviously, I'm not going to be stupid. I'm going to go. It's a different circumstance. But if it's just Joe Blow and your friends going out to Applebee's for a night out, come on, wait one more night. Let's go out Saturday night instead. Don't call me about Friday night. Let's go out Saturday night. If you can't wait till Saturday night for me, you go and do what you got to do. I'll catch, you, I'll catch you on Saturday night for something else. Because that's just what it's got to be. It's just stupid to think that you can go out and make a bunch of poor choices the night before weigh-in and then actually expect to weigh-in hours later. You finished eating at 8 p.m. with your friends and then drinking and whatever else. Let's go Let's go a little further. Eating and drinking and having a good time and you're out until 10 o'clock at night, you come home and you're getting ready to weigh-in at 6 a.m. Come on, let's be smart here. Work smarter, not harder. If there's anything you take from what I'm saying today, please take this. All week long, I've been dealing with a little voice in the back of my head telling me what I should and shouldn't be doing and it all started Tuesday Tuesday I decided the pain was too great in my feet that I needed to take a rest day and you know what this is why I hate taking rest days because the next day it is so hard to get back out there and do what's required all you want to do is take another rest day And that's exactly what happened Wednesday. And I knew on Wednesday, I didn't have nearly amount of pain. Truth be told, I was probably about 91% total in my use of everything. The pain was almost gone. There was a lot of aching. Yet I was dealing with this voice telling me I needed another rest day. And sometimes you need to know when that voice is full of shit. And you need to do what's right. And at that moment, whatever it is you're trying to talk yourself out of, that's what you need to do the most. That is what's gonna propel you forward in your journey the most if at that moment, you choose the right thing to do. It's easy to take a rest day. It's very difficult to get up when you don't want to and get your ass out there and move. That's what I did and not only did i get my ass out there and move i wanted to do it and make a statement because you know what friday saturday sunday i did a 22 minute mile on monday i did a 23 minute mile these are my normal numbers but on wednesday and today thursday when i got out there 18 minute mile i didn't just tell you to go take a walk I smacked you in the face and said I'm the one in control of this journey it's not you not ever not ever ever again I'm here I'm going nowhere I got the job done today I won this battle I won't win every battle but today I won and yesterday I won And that's what you need to do every day. Get up and fight. Because that voice is never going away. And it only takes one time to mess it all up. I love each and every one of you.
1: God bless you all.